0: Another Tuesday's timely Torah talks tonight. We have a very special guest, all the way from Cleveland. We have Rabbi Yossi Ben Shushan. Welcome to the show,
1: Rabbi a. Cleveland, Ohio to Queens. Yeah, okay. It's it's not only a drive; it's a mental shift. Yeah. It's a whole yeah. different <laughs> Rabbi Meirov. I'm so happy to see you in person. I'm so happy to see oh, you in I'm
0: person. Too long, Rabbi. Is,
1: Anyone who ever has the chance to come see Rabbi Meirov in person, <laughs> you have to come through. You have to come through. It just gives you simhad the second you see it.
0: Rabbi, so you're here on your second tour with Chazak, speaking of various different communities. And the topic you chose for this tour is living with the eye of your creator. Why do
1: you choose this topic for this tour? So second tour, by the way, second tour, not like second speech, though. I'm saying Bye, I, my, my brothers also, I, well, my brother Ari, I know for sure. We all started basically... One, I think one of the first speeches I ever gave in the States was Khazakh, was a Chazak right. event in Arnava, no, not Arnava, in, in, uh, right, right. And it was, uh, yeah, it's, I, I still have to tell Taran I have to take down that one. I don't, uh, I have no idea what was going on with that guy's stylus, but my point is, I can't, sir, so yeah, so the second, the second tour, and the reason we're even doing a second tour is that I found that, um, that a tour works a lot better you know, a series works a lot better. People, you know, I'm still having people reaching out to me from the last one that we did, telling me, you know, I'm using this, uh, uh, these two steps that you said, the two steps to happiness. I'm like, the two steps? Are well, <laughs> <laughs> got to go back over here and find out what I was talking. about. And then I go back and I'm like, wow, that's right. You know, and, but they're still gaining from it, they're still growing from it, and that's Chazak's real, you know, thing is uh, is to affect that change. So we chose the topic this time. Last time, I believe it was inner power. This time, it might sound similar, but. We um, we came up with this topic. It was in the back of my head for a while, and I was on the phone with Robbie from over here from Chazan, and Robbie just sent me this uh, title, and he goes, "What do you think about this?" And we didn't even discuss what I was going to speak about yet. And he's like, "What do you think about this?" And it was Mavish MashaMaim because it was exactly the title and the point of the whole thing It was living with the eye the, with, with the eye of the creator of your creator. And the reason that is is that I remember the first time I sent my kid to yeshiva, to school. Um, he went in and I, I was afraid. I was like, are they going to treat him right? Are they going to teach him? Are they going to, you know, and that's when I came up with also the idea of I don't rely on schools for anything anymore. I just, you just don't do anything bad and, you know, just send them back in one piece. That's a, I'll take care of everything. Send them back in one piece. So, but but then I was thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, you know, I, I and I remember leaving, and I said, "Rabbanu Shalom." I said, "I said a tefillah just came out." I didn't even. I said, "Rabbanu Shalom, please allow them to see in Him what I see in Him. Allow them to appreciate Him the way I appreciate Him." And I was thinking to myself then, I was like, "How beautiful would that be if Hashem would just allow us His glasses for a minute, just allow us His eyes for one minute?" We looked around we wouldn't see let's you know, say Adam or Yishon in Then in was not this is one of the points that we go through you know he was however much physical we are he was spiritual so he was 90% I don't know, I'm making up numbers but he was like let's say 90% spiritual and if you squinted through his shaman, his spiritual and his and his life and his beauty you can see a little there was a physical being in there somewhere there was a that's how Hashem sees us. And, and, and if we were able to look and view, not only the... So I started off viewing other people through the eyes of Hashem, viewing the world through the eyes of Hashem. There's no shortage of... You just see opportunity everywhere. That's all you see. When you look at the world through the eyes of the Rabbim Shalom, all you see is opportunity. So I said, and then I realized that like, it has to start somewhere. So it's the eyes of your creator. Because, and that's the one thing that I did switch from his original title, the eyes of your creator. Why? I want you, because nowadays, we're going to go to this, and I'm sure at some point to this, but nowadays, Rav Noach Orloik says that uh, when someone does Cheshvon nefesh now, the Mitzmah Cheshvon nefesh or the Inyan HaCheshvon nefesh is not to write down what you did wrong that day and to try to fix it the next day. Write down what you did right. He said, no one needs any more help feeling bad about themselves. <laughs> Everybody's doing a good enough job beating them. We used to talk, when we were kids, we used to talk about a balgaiva, right, the big shot. Sure. The guy would walk, the show off, the guy would walk around thinking he's everything. I don't know... I knew that this guy existed when I was a little kid. Now as an adult, I don't know who this guy is. I don't see him anywhere. Anywhere. There's no one walking around me like, I know everything. Everyone's walking around, I'm a nobody. I'm a nothing. We still have the idea that, no, I know someone that's like that. And we think for a second, like, no, actually. (laughs) I'm trying to sit through all the people who feel like garbage all day and find that guy, you know? So so we need to, to reconnect with the idea that Hashem is looking at us and, and and the way he sees us is how we should see ourselves. So that's the broader point.
0: Wow, unbelievable, Rabbi ben Shushan. Uh There's so many important topics to tackle. Why are you so passionate about this topic, ah. this theme, like of uh, all the things going on in the world, there's Shedulchim, there's Shalom there is children, there's like a million and one...
1: It's so funny that you choose those topics as examples. I used to say, I was such a... I, I, I openly admit, and one of the main points of this series, but of, of something I'm coming to in my old age, of all my white hair, is that, <laughs> Rabbi, you're killing it, by the way. You're doing great. We're trying to hide it. You're this. trying to hide You're doing great. And I don't have half the stress you have. I don't know, I don't know what this is about. It's a full head. And then also, I'm good, yeah. Gives me distinguish. So, so, one of the things that, you know, in my young age, I used to think that I choose I, I choose. As a professor, as you're a rabbi, and 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 you know, you always hear, especially as you're becoming a rabbi and you're going through kollel and going through training, going through, you always hear. This is the or you hear through uh, in the medical field. You hear a lot about this, right? This is the doctor who specializes in this specific vein of the body. You know, this, the right toe, pinky toe. This guy's the best right toe, pinky toe guy in the world. In the world, world, world. This guy's the best. So you're always trying to find your niche. You're always trying to find your thing. So as a young silly person, and you start to lose uh, um, focus, then you start to you start to forget that the Rabbis Shalom is the one running the world, and he's going to send you who you need to. And it's more about the people and accepting them as opposed to focusing on the problem so much. And I realized this and shooting myself in the foot that I was so hyper. You know, I used to do addictions, and I still do. You know, I don't say I do addiction. I do this. I do teenagers. It's you, I do what the Ramana Shalom sends me, and, and I realize that everything applies the same way. So, but w- when I was younger and dumber, I uh, not that I'm so old and wise now, but <laughs> when I was younger and <laughs> dumber, I, um, I I used to think that I choose what I work with, and the certain things I say I don't I don't work with. And one of them was going to be shiduchim, the other one was going to be like shalom bayit or divorce. Like these are two things I don't. And then finally it came to an apex. When I say younger and dumber, I mean like a year ago. I said in a speech, I was like, that's why I don't do, or it was an article. I said, that's why I don't do Shiduchim or divorce." I think since then, the rabbinu Shalom was like, I'm sorry? What? What did you do? You know what? Really? I didn't realize I gave over the rapist. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you took over here. You're doing a bang-up job. The amount of phone calls I started getting, I did a blue. Of shidduchim, of of divorce Of Shidochim of divorce To the point that like It seems like some days That's all I'm working with that day And so I never like to say That it's something I don't work on But of all the topics You're right Of all the topics I started realizing that for me Topics are are a big problem When we deal with too specific of a topic, when we deal with too specific of a thing, we're hyper-focusing on the specific issue that people are going through at that moment. We're hyper-focusing on... But the answers to all these issues always end up being the same. And no matter how many people I've seen, no matter how many people I've worked with, no matter how many, no matter how many, no matter how many, it always came back to the same place. When you have a kid and a parent that are in a fight with each other, that aren't getting along, and the parents want to throw the kid out, and you honestly speak to that parent, you're going to find the parents saying, this is all my fault. This is all me. You're going to find the kid saying, it's all me. The mother says, it's all me. And then you could you could break this down as many times as you want. The mother and be like, it's all me. The father and me like, oh, it's all me. I've had grandparents blaming themselves. If I would have done it this way with my son, then him and his son would have, this whole... We all, at the end of the day, know that we are and have a great responsibility. We just need to understand why that's beautiful and how to use it. When people feel built up, when people feel in control of what they're doing, and there's no real concept of control, but when people feel confident in what they're doing, when people have uh, 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 you know that, that reliance on themselves to do what they need to do, all these other things end up... Uh, you could take Shidduchim, for example, right? How can we apply something like this to Shidduchim? It's very, very simple. I was speaking uh, somewhere... And these girls, uh, these girls were saying, well, I need to get married, I need to get married, I need to get married. I was like, you do realize getting married, the only thing being married solves is not being single. That's the only, that's the only problem you solved in your whole life right now. The only thing you did by getting married was that now you're no longer single. That's the whole thing. You don't need to get married. You need to be ready to be married. You need to be the person that wants to connect to another person so deeply and so efficiently so and there, and, and when you do that, your list also starts to fluctuate a little bit. I need a guy who 's this. I need a girl who 's this, and then your list starts to fluctuate. no, 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 I need a person who me who her and I are going to go you know how many people I know after their marriage, they became so much more religious they became so their the whole life trajectory changed. Right? Why? Because them and their wife or or them and their husband were so connected in a certain way of growth, it didn't matter where we go. It doesn't matter what happens next. Now now what if I would have married the one that on paper everything was perfect, everything was... So how do I get to that place? By seeing myself in the right light, by seeing myself for who I really am. Then when I connect to another person and I want to get married, it's a very different thing. I'm also okay now being single. I'm okay now being single because I'm still great! My, 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 my value in this world is not get based on whether or not I get married or don't get married. I'm, the Rebocheon still created me and he created me as a single person this morning again for a reason. Because, so if I see that through his eyes, I feel amazing. I'm also, I'm not worried. What am I worried about? This is still my job. I'm still doing this part of my job.
0: Unbelievable, Rabbi. Very, very, very inspiring message. Unbelievable. So, so Rabbi, you wear many hats. Right now you're not wearing one. But um, all kidding aside, (laughs) in your work at the Meshgirah of Yeshiva High School of Cleveland in the area of substance abuse, how does tonight's theme affect your work as
1: a Right in Yeshiva? Right. So... So yeah, so I try not to uh, compartmentalize too much. Right, Should've said that beforehand. <laughs> no, but uh, but no, but it's 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 a very good question. So because I feel it really specifically if you're going to deal with teenagers. So in a high school setting specifically, you know, everyone always as adults we talk about high school, right? We always like, oh, this is my friend from high school. Is it uh, a year high school? Or no, no, no. Mainstream? No, no, it's a mainstream high school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have I the, so when we say many hats, it's really yeah. many hats. And and I sometimes I feel bad for my, my students <laughs> because they'll be somewhere and they'll be like oh so what yeshiva do you to go to they're like yeshiva high school of Cleveland they're like oh is that Rabbi Menuchin's like like no it's Rabbi Kutovsky yeshiva actually Rabbi Menuchin is the mashgichah yes and they're like oh he's like no there's no oh I'm a regular guy I, it's a regular school it's a high, it's, a, it's the greatest high school in my opinion I love it I love my boys. Like it's a regular we're not a mainstream high school, that's true, but none of that other stuff is going on over there. It's all good boys from good places doing great things, and these poor guys all the time have to be like, like, don't meet someone in a restaurant and they'll be like, yeah, you say, like, Oh, very nice. And like, I don't do drugs. I just feel like I should I should clarify here, I'm a totally regular guy. I, I love my Rebbe, but at the end of the day he gives me a really bad name. So it's you know, I always tell my students like never put me on a shidduch resume. It's like it's like everyone just gonna be like, All right, next. Like, I don't know why that guy's on here. I tell my my nephews, I'm like, don't put me on your My cousins, I'm like, don't ever mention that you even know me. People are just gonna So at the end of the day, you know, um you'll you'll see this and, and I really feel the Sony Hats is really Accurate in, in this way, also, that this applies. I, I want to tell you how I got this information or these, these topics to, or, or these rules that I use, or that it, it's me. I'm the guy. The guy that I make fun of, sometimes I'm vulnerable enough and brave enough to admit that it's me in this speech that I'm, 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 I'm talking, I'm saying a story about myself. Sometimes it's just too embarrassing. It's just too embarrassing. It's like, it, it's, it's about some guy, you know, yelling at his wife about something that she never did wrong. Or never, and I can't tell everyone that was, by the way, I know this story firsthand because that little girl was me. Like, that's not, I can't do, you know, I can't, but at the end of the day there, this, is, yeah, this, is, this is a very <laughs> that's exactly it this is a very been there done that situation where I suffered like so many people but I suffered for so long with feelings of inadequacy with feelings of, uh, of I'm not doing enough, with feelings of I don't know my purpose with feelings of all these things until I started realizing these things of stop, wait, rewind you know, wh- how does Hashem see you? You missed the chakra. So you 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 did this, you did that. How does Hashem see you right now? How does Hashem see you? My father is one of the one of the, the holiest people that I know. So he's, he's a dovership of a douche in my in my mind, right? It's not you know, when we stand up for my father when he walks in and when we it's not out of respect. There is a certain awe to it. We're really—I I, I could speak for myself. I'm very in awe of him. That doesn't mean he's perfect. That doesn't mean that he raises perfect. That doesn't, that doesn't mean any of those things. Doesn't
0: have four, it, or, it, four or five sons it, it, it it. yeah.
1: <laughs> but 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 that's the point. The point is is that he's real. He didn't have to be perfect because he was real. Because there's no such thing as perfection. He's real, right? He's real, and and you know I remember. You know, times that as a teenager or whatever it is that I would, uh, you know, sleep in or that I would miss a or that I would—he would, was never judgmental of me about it at all. He might ask, he's David It's uh, it's getting late. Like what do you call it?'" Like I know he just came back from any, but to hear and I know him within himself—he's always learning, he's always davening, he's always he, 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 like that's all he does, like that's his. And and I know now as an adult and as a father, I must have killed him that I wasn't going. But but his eyes to me was, it's okay. It's okay. He's, he's Yassi. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, he's amazing. And I always felt that from him. He's amazing. If we can look at the people in our lives and ourselves in that light, there's nothing we can't accomplish. So when you're in, you know, like I was saying, we always go back to high school. You know, this is my friend from high school. This is my, how much of who we are right now, belief systems and things that we have are from high school, are from. But as an adult, you take it into account. You're like, it was Four years. I can't tell you what happened four years ago in my adult life. Like, I don't know how old I am right now. Like, I stopped counting at a certain point. To even tell you, like, no, I think I'm 37 or something like that. When I was 33, I don't know. I've no idea what year it was when I was 33. I don't know. But one year of high school, it's not one year of high school. It's 10th grade. It's, it's a whole level up. It's a whole, the amount of importance and weight that's put over there. Is such an opportune time, and people miss this opportunity so badly. And I feel so bad when they do. It's such a waitful time where these boys, specifically, but girls certainly, have their minds and eyes open. They want to be adults. They want to be adults. So they're just looking around, saying, "What does a? What do adults? What? Their brains are fully functioning now. They're are starting to fully function. They're starting to solidify." What is going, what is an adult? They're taking in so much information. They're taking it. It's not a, it's not, it's not a joke. The reason why those four years are so important is because you're right. Those four years developmentally of the brain is so much more important than the past four years of my life developmentally of my brain. The, the, The solidifying of who they are, their personality, their character, everything. It's happening during that time. We have to feed them properly. We have to give them the proper things. And what are we giving them? Strife and fighting. There are forty-year-olds that are still fighting with their parents the same fight about the same boyfriend girlfriend from when they were in high school. You've always done this. You always squashed me like you're forty. How are you still doing this? And the parents say it's not their fault. Their brain solidified with like wet cement with that mark in it that mommy, daddy, this rabbi, that does this to me. How do you have a 40-year-old guy who says, when I was in ninth grade, my rabbi said to me, I'm a nobody. I'm like, now as an adult, you know that that rabbi was not mentally well, that he was off his, you know all that now. So what are you still holding on to it for? It's like, I can't let it go. I can't let it go. So when we're dealing specifically with teenagers, this idea of realize that no matter what you see around you, no matter what, there's a creator. He creates you every single day. Look at yourself through His eyes. Because the Rabboni Shalom says that we have the potential to, to, to not the potential to be Him, but, but, but our job is to be as similar to Him as possible. Why not start with His eyes? If you want to know who someone, someone is, you stand in their place and you see through their eyes. So let's stand in the Hashem's place, which is impossible, but seeing through His eyes we might be able to do
0: powerful and how do we connect the reality to the area of substance abuse?
1: So substance abuse more than, more than even, even that. So I'm not going to bore you with all the substance abuse details or the mental health uh, parts over here but, but um, one of the main one of the only you know, there's a, I, I'm not a therapist. I'm, a, I'm what's called a KSAC, right? Uh, again, I'm not going to bore, bore you with details, but a certified alcohol and substance abuse uh, counselor. And the reason <laughs> that they allow some random guy who's not a therapist... To work in addictions is because... I mean, I'm going to get killed for this, but it's because no one else wants to. It's not like they have a special guy for anxiety also. No, no, you're a therapist who specializes in anxiety. So now really, if I'm a complete disclosure and, you know, uh, honesty here, really most people who have a case act are already a therapist. I just skipped that stage. But the point is... I was already doing it, so I skipped that. But the point is, is thats that... Is that um, it's, it's so nuanced and it's, and the relapse rate of, uh, in addictions is through the roof. It's, it's, it's the numbers, you, the, the numbers are, I've never seen an honest number yet. So like every number has been disproven. So, but it's, be, let's say between like 60 to 80% relapse, right? Which 60 is a very low number and 80 I don't know is high enough. So like it's, it's a crazy relapse rate. The only thing that they have found that consistently works that consistently works to keep addicts clean and we 're all addicts to a certain degree we 're all whatever yeah whatever we 're working on just some some addictions are life threatening and can ruin families and people around us, others we keep to ourselves in you know in the dark you know, but one of the main things they have found. To work with this is something called the Twelve Steps. Now, I'm not going to say if I'm a Twelve Stepper or not a Twelve. Like if I'm, you know, as um, you know, gung ho about Twelve Step as everyone else is, uh, or as certain other people are. Um, there's, there's different schools of thought, and and what works for one doesn't necessarily work for the other, and. Different schools of thought. I
0: saw so, a beautiful sign once: "The elevator is out of order. Please use the twelve steps." <laughs> Everyone just wants
1: very to to good, them. very good. That's a very, that's very deep. <laughs> the elevator is out of order. Please use the twelve steps. That's very good. I like that. Is it Robbie Twersky that was being? Yeah, up? yeah. So Rabbi Twersky. Well, I, I, he didn't invent, uh, Bill W uh, uh, back in the day uh, uh, in the fifties, but he was very, very big in the twelve steps. So not only was Robbie Twersky very big in the twelve steps and a master at uh, uh, at addiction, substance abuse, and uh, mental health obviously, in general. Um, but he, he, he actually brought the 12 steps to the general Jewish population um, in so many huge ways, but also not only to people that are openly suffering from addiction or need to be in programs, need to, but to the average uh, uh, yin who, who just can use 12 steps. to. And he brought and explained to Rav Shai's Taub is also a very big one, um, also obviously in different places, different levels of things, but Rav Shai's Taub also, he wrote a, an amazing book called... Uh, um, um, Oh, he's gonna kill me for not remembering it now. I read it like the God of our understanding. Thank you, God of our understanding. Um, it's it's uh, it, there's a lot of depth and a lot of Yiddishkeit behind there. But when you when you peel away the layers and you go through like something like twelve steps, you go through something like what works for them. It's being able to properly see who I am. It's being able to properly see who i am being able to do away with these demons let them go first of all know that i'm not in control of anything the serenity prayer right which all addicts say a little fun fact i don't know if it's true but they say this in israel they say this that uh, the first the serenity prayer starts off god right the first one now they use higher power or universe or whatever um, the first place they say to have taken God out of the Serenity Player and replaced it with what I call it was a meeting in Tel Aviv, Israel. <laughs> this is what they say, I don't, I don't... <laughs> Jews are Jews, right? This is what they say. I don't. I don't hold me to that. on if it's truth. The point is, is that we, they say, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the strength to accept the things that I can't change. I think I just messed it up, and the wisdom to know the difference. I'm, I'm, I'm running on like two hours sleep over here. God, grant me the serenity. Yeah, and and uh, and so even in there, right? What do we do? We're giving up. We give up. The, the control over things. And we say the Rabbono Shalom is running it. The, the first step. Yeah, I just wanted to be, I, Now I don't remember how I just said it. If you get the Serenity Prayer wrong and you're in addictions, you're, you're really not doing your job. I haven't said it in so long because I haven't been specific on addictions in so long. But um, it, we first center God, this higher power, whatever you want to call it to say that I'm giving up control to him. Why? Because he's the one that sees and knows and has. And then as you go through 12 steps, you start to see, step 7, you start to see all these different concepts and all these different ideas of all figuring out me. Seeing me in a new light. Rebuilding what I am. Acceptance is first. And then it goes on and then it goes on and then it goes on. It's so beautiful. So this, uh, uh, broken down obviously, but this is one of the greatest things because one of the reasons that so many of these people are are in uh, um, trouble with uh, substances, where, especially if we're talking about kids, is that they're looking for something. They're trying. Uh, I one I time heard an addict say, you know, in this uh, thing, you know, he, he said it was a famous thing. I never heard it before him, but he said that the uh, the one of the one of the worst things he's ever heard is that someone told him that uh, you know you. You use drugs in order to feel. You use drugs because you want to feel something. And he said, it's so not true. He's like, I use drugs to stop feeling. He said, all I do all day is feel. He said, you want to know what an addict really is? An addict is someone that feels the world so deeply, he can't stop feeling it can't control these feelings that he's feeling you can't control the depth of these feelings and and if you ever met you know someone who's really suffering as well you know it's so true you see that look in their eyes that they're they're much victims of everything around them them feeling everyone and everything around them so when 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 that happens they start to define themselves they start to shame you know the amount of uh of addicts that come from a, an abusive background, a sexual abuser or otherwise, right? What happens over there? The abuse is bad, but but it can be helped. It's opened up and spoken about immediately. It can be helped, and it can... And not only can it be helped, they have very high success rates of help. Not only do they have high success rates of help, they also... Those people tend to be very resilient, strong people afterwards. What happens, the real issue in my in my mind, in my experience... The real issue starts when they don't open up. The shame starts to build. And when you start to build shame, when you start to build this ugliness of shame, they start to define themselves by it. They start to, and if you only knew how ugly I am and how da da and they start to, so yeah, you want to stop feeling that way for a few minutes and you want to feel something different then. That's why I agree with that, what that guy said a little bit that you want to start feeling, and, and so they, they get, when they start to see themselves now, through the eyes of their creator, through the eyes of, that's why all these different topics and all these different people i work through all end up connecting on the same thing that if it starts with me my light starts to shine out
0: unbelievable rabbi ben shushan so inspiring unbelievable loving it loving every second of it
1: thank you rabbi
0: this is called to these timely torah talks can you leave us with one final timely message for our broad audience some one final punch one the one final, 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 final
1: slam you know um it's hard, to, it's hard to concentrate, I'm not going to lie. We're sitting in a Chazak office right now. And although I'm talking a big game over here, it's, it's, it's very difficult not to feel like a nobody a little bit. It really, really is. The, you guys got an operation running over here. So the the, the point I would leave with is that really we're, where our topic is going to end with, which is that it starts with you. It starts with you. But I one time heard someone say that... They, they became a singer, a musician, and they said, I just, I just felt that I had music in me, because their whole family wasn't music, I felt that I had music in me, and I didn't want to die with my music inside of me. I thought that was such a yeah. tremendous, a fun, such a tremendous line. Such a tremendous line. I don't want to die with my music inside of me. You know, we we mentioned so many people uh, uh, over here that, you know, Rabbi Torsky, you know, someone like Rabbi Shaisal, Rabbi Berkowitz, my Rebbe, uh, we're, what would have happened if they just took it off? they were just like, I'm a nobody. By the way, not that they, not that they, instead of becoming these big things, just, you know, became nobody. No, no. But they said, listen, I just, I'm going to mind my own business. I'm going to stay in the corner. I'm going to mind my own business. I'm going to, you know, I, I'm not going to... Someone tell you all the time. I'm, I'm sure you've... What do you care about these uh, public school kids? What do they call Mind your own business. Mind your own business. They want to go to public school. Leave them alone. Mind your own business. Right? I don't want to die with my music inside of me. I don't want to die, you know, in, in years from now, being able to go up to, to you know, not me. Sure. I'm saying hey. someone go up to their creator and, and, when, and what happens? I'm saying, what's the scariest thing? Right, Rabbi Berkowitz always says, what, what really happens in, in Shema? How do we understand the pain of an isham, Right, It's not physical pain. What happens? Rabbi Berkowitz says it's busha. It's shame. We feel a tremendous amount of shame. Why do we feel shame? Because we see. We finally see ourselves at the end of the day through Hashem's eyes. We see what we could have done. But we, we see the music that was inside of us that we let die. Why? I was too afraid. I was too this. I was too that. Whatever the reasons were. But at the end of the day, I'm not. Right? You ever had a person start a diet? And they crash on the diet. a year later, they're like, "Ah, I remember I started that diet last year, last summer. If I would have kept going, I would be, uh, what do you call that? All of a sudden, we forget all those very important reasons that we didn't keep going. We forget everything in the middle. Why? Because it doesn't matter. It didn't matter then, and it doesn't matter now. I just wanted, I just... I just didn't have the strength to keep going. We can't die with our music inside of us. And and the real problem is not that we're going to die with the music inside of us. That's the result, and that stinks for the rest of humanity. The real problem is is that we don't believe there's music in there. We're too afraid to open it up. We're too afraid to look inside. We're too afraid. What, what's everyone so afraid about sending their kids to a beautiful, amazing yeshiva? So there's money. There's no question about that. There's no question, but so many of them are like, "Well, I want him to." I, you know, when I was when I was uh, when I was in Israel, so many parents would say to me, "I don't want him to go into Israel for the year." I'm like, why? They're like, I want him to become a doctor. <laughs> I'm like, "You're you're an adult. You know what a year is. What's it? I don't remember the past year. What's a year? It's nothing. And if I'm going to tell you that this year is going to make him a better father, better husband, more resilient, more confident, more resourceful, how is that not a uh, something for you to they're like? Yeah, but. Uh, I really want him to, to, right, what are they afraid of? They're afraid that, that you're gonna take away from him the one thing I'm giving him to, to set him up for life. Why? Because if I don't give it to him to set him up for life, he's not gonna have anything. That's not true. That's not true. You brought this child into the world, but the Rabbanah Shalom is the one who allowed that to happen. The Rabbanah Shalom is the one who pushed that Neshama through. Someone, one of the guys last night, I'll end with this, one of the guys last night, one of the supporters one of the dedicators of the of the speech last night that we gave for Chazak in Roslyn Wait, the other night,
0: yeah. what the other night yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah
1: the other night yeah the other night no yeah the other night <laughs> one of the speeches we gave over the course of this whole thing i told you I, i've been traveling I, my head is not one of the speeches that we gave over the course of this whole thing this guy comes over to me afterwards he was one of the supporters of the whole thing one of the sponsors comes over to me and he said, the minute you were born was the minute Hashem decided this world cannot keep going without you. I thought that was beautiful. I was blown away by it. i never heard it before. I told like three people, I'm like, yeah, I've heard that before. I'm like, I've never heard that. How in the world am I in this job and walking around and i never heard that before. And, and I learned two things then. Number one, there's a line floating around that so many people know and were inspired by eight years ago that I never heard of. What, what does that mean? How much more is there that's hidden? Because that's, an, that's already a revealed one that I've never heard of. How much is behind the scenes that I don't know that can inspire me so much? And number two, that's what it really is. When, when we view our children, when we view our coworkers, when we view our the were Shalom, right? The Mishnah says, Is no one was put into this world without a reason? The, the, Hashem didn't mess up on me. He definitely didn't mess up on my neighbor. There's a reason we're here. It's not because the music isn't there. It is. It is. It's there. Don't die with your music inside of you.
0: That is a powerful message, Rabbi Ben uh, what an amazing program we had today Rabbi Ben Shushan you're a mover and a shaker we really appreciate your time we really appreciate the message a very powerful message everybody should take it to heart we should be zokheh we should merit to see the coming of the Gulashma. we'll all go back to amen. amen with Mashiach we should be spending our days Amen